Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. We've got a great program for you today. In the 16th century, the church faced a doctrinal crisis. Today, the crisis is race. We all know that racial unity is important, but what's the right way to approach it? How can Christians of different ethnicities pursue unity in an environment that is so highly charged and so full of landmines on all sides? In his new book, The New Reformation, Christian hip-hop artist Shai Lin shows how the gospel applies to the pursuit of ethnic unity. When it comes to ethnicity, Christians today have to fight against two tendencies, idolatry and apathy. Idolatry makes ethnicity ultimate, while apathy tends to ignore it altogether. But there is a third way, the way of the Bible. Shailen explains how ethnicity, the biblical word for what we mean by race, exists for God's glory. Drawing from his experience as an artist, theologian, church planter, and pastor, Shai will help you chart a new way forward in addressing the critical question of what it means for people of all ethnicities to be the one people of God. Shailen is a recording artist who has released numerous acclaimed Christian hip-hop albums, after completing a pastoral internship at Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., got some good friends there, and serving as an elder at Delray Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia, we've got some good friends there. Shai co-founded Risen Christ Fellowship, we have some good friends there, an inner city church in his hometown of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Previously, Shai wrote, God made me and you and co-authored It Was Good, making music to the glory of God. He lives in Philadelphia with his wife, Blair, and their three children, Sage, Maya and Ezra, and he's here today to talk about his new book, The New Reformation, Finding Hope in the Fight for Ethnic Unity. Shailen, welcome to the program. Thank you, brother. That was a mouthful, man. It's well, good to be here. I, you know what? I'm just reliant on um, Moody's uh, publisher, you know, the, the marketing department, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> hey, do you remember, yeah, I was going to say, do you remember the first time we met? Actually, I think it's the only time we've ever met. Do you remember, do you remember meeting? I, I, I'm sure it wasn't a a milestone in your life, but it was a milestone in my life. Where were we? Was it, it, it was at Capitol Hill. No, it was at Capitol oh, Hill. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So it was in a hallway. I, I, I can put us there. It was like in a stairwell. Uh-huh. And I was with Lehman, and you were with some guys, and you told me, and I didn't know if you were joking, you told me that your name was pronounced Shay. <laughs> And so ever after, even reading this, brother, that was probably like that was when I was pastoring in Vermont at that time. So that that had to have been like eight years ago, sometime like that. It's probably eight years ago. Um, all this time, I thought, is it sh- people are saying shy? But he said it was Shay. <laughs> and then even reading this, I was like, the whole time I was reading your this copy off your book, I was thinking in your mind, uh, you're you're thinking, oh man, it's Shay, but I'm not gonna correct him. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry to, to do that to you, brother. I was, yeah, I was, <laughs> it was a practical joke. <laughs> okay. Well, it really played on my insecurity, and um, I had to go to the Lord for some some good confidence and peace about that. Please forgive me, man. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no worries. Hey, um, I'm excited to talk about this book. Um, certainly, I think a needful uh, book at this time. Certainly, um you know, at all times, really, but uh, for this particular moment, for such a time as this, um, I want to ask you, because you open up the book kind of telling your story. The first part of the book is really sort of uh, personal reflection, that sort of thing. I wonder if you could give us, you know, of course, not the whole story, but 
some sense of that, how um, your own experience sort of informs the approach that you take in, in, in this book? Why is that approach, telling your personal story, important to this particular work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in, 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 as far as my, my story is concerned, I, I, I thought it would be important to share from the outset of the book uh, basically, as as a way of encouraging empathy, uh, um, I think one of the challenges in this discussion, um, and even as we think about unity, part of the uh, issue with the polarization that we see is that um, people just don't know each other. Um, you know, we're interacting with people through uh, through the internet, through a keyboard, um, and um, and so it was really uh, my desire to let the reader just get, get to hear from me and, and understand my background and, and growing up as, a, um, as an entryway uh, for, for empathy and then kind of branching out into uh, the broader discussion. Um, but yeah, in terms of kind of brief cliff notes, uh, born and raised in, in Philly, um, did not grow up as a Christian um, as I was uh, growing up. Um, early on in, in my life, my my mom so grew up in a single parent home, and uh, my mother moved my sister and I from a predominantly uh, African American neighborhood to um, a, a suburb in in Philly, which was predominantly white. And at at that point, this this is in the eighties, um, and, um, and and experienced a lot of just kind of blatant racism. And, um, and so I, I share some of that in. Uh, in the book. Um, uh, but uh, fast forward, I went to college at the University of the Arts where I studied theater. Um, and it was in my, my third year of college that uh, I basically partied my way out of school um, and um, I ended up in, in, the, in the South where, where I was converted through reading the Gospel of John. Um, and and, and pretty much, and so I was an adult convert, and right after that, um, being back in Philadelphia, I was immediately thrust into a few different worlds. So there was the world of my mom's church, which is a, a, a historically African-American church, um, and also the world of Presbyterian, uh, which is predominantly white, and and then the world of Christian hip hop, uh, which is uh, very, uh, very multicultural, multi, multi ethnic, um, and and it was it was really as those worlds collided in in different ways that uh, the the burden for unity amongst God's people of all ethnicities that 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 burden was was birthed. And so um, I share about that um, in uh, the first part of the book. Yeah. Um, what would you say? Cause I'm trying to, you know, put my shoes or, or put my shoes, put my feet in the shoes of someone who would look at, at that and say, gosh, shy, you know, facts over feelings, man. Like, um, that there's such a resistance on some people's parts to the idea of, uh, I guess the cliched phrase is, you know, the lived experience, understanding somebody's lived experience. Um, I think you, re, you know, refer to this a little bit just in the sense of, you know, the importance of empathy, which some would tell us uh, is not important at all, actually, or, or, or you know, yeah. or, or can be misused, I guess, you know, to be fair. 
um, mm-hmm. uh, to that argument. Uh, what would you say to that? Like, why is it important, uh, if you could kind of reiterate for us, wh- why is telling the personal story important for Christians to consider as they work through what we, you know, um, yeah, to call them issues, right? To call, to call the <laughs> subject of ethnic unity uh, an issue or a, a topic, I think maybe that kind of betrays why it's important to tell personal stories. But yeah, why, mm-hmm. why the importance of that? Why is it necessary? Right. Well, one thing that I would say is that what, what I'm not communicating is that personal experience or personal story is ultimate. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, that trumps everything. I'm certainly not communicating that. Um, but when we look at our Christian faith, so, so look at the Bible and look, look at how the, the Bible was, was revealed. So, so much of the Bible is historical narrative, right? Um, it, it's, it's explaining um, the, the, the context in, in which God revealed his, his salvation. Um, and, um, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're human beings. We're not <laughs> disembodied of philosophy, but we're, we're actually people. Uh, and, and, um, I, I think that sometimes we can be selective when it comes to when and whose narrative we're interested in, in hearing. Yeah. Um, when, when, when I look at, I look at the, there's a number of times in the book of Acts where the apostle Paul is, is very clear in, Sharing his his background and sharing where where he came up and growing up in Judaism as a uh, as a means of getting his hearers to to understand like this, this is the context that I came from and I, and I want you to understand where I am and what God has uh, has done in my life to bring me to this point. Um. So, um. So so while I'm certainly not saying that experience is ultimate or that it trumps truth or trumps doctrine, I am saying that. And it is important in terms of providing context for discussion. That's fantastic. I, you know, what you said about we're not disembodied philosophies, right? We're, we're people. I think it's so important, too, because, uh, you know, I, I've heard Ray Ortland say, um, you know, the gospel does not hang in the air, you know, as an abstraction. Uh, the gospel is not some abstract ideology, right? The gospel is a historic, is a historical announcement or announcements within heaven. And so I, our, our histories, as you said, they're not, our, our experience doesn't, you know, trump truth or, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, supplant it. And yet because we're embodied people who live in history, our testimonies shape h- how we, uh, receive the gospel, how we of course apply it and, and so on and so forth. So I, yeah, I think that's really, really important. I think in light of the polarization, um, it's it, it's really important to establish common ground yeah. um, in, ter- in terms of where 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 we agree. Um, and so, in, in 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 sharing the the story of how how Christ saved me, in 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 the, in the story of you know, reading through the Book of John and and discovering for the first time the the glorious truths about Jesus Christ. You know his life, his death, and his resurrection, and those things arresting me, and and God causing me to be to be born again, and bringing me into a, a community of believers. Those are things that that any Christian should be able to resonate with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and um, and so I, I think that's important 
in terms of just identifying myself as, listen, I'm, I'm a brother in Christ. We are on the same team, even if we have uh, disagreements about certain things. And I think it's, I thought it was very important to establish that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we, we, we relate to each other, you know, in the church as, as brothers and sisters, as, as family. And, you know, because of that, our, our stories are important in terms of just mm-hmm. in terms of just relationality understanding each other mm-hmm. knowing knowing each other i think is important uh so you just referenced you know uh the polarization um the you know hot topic i guess uh that this you know subject is right now it's very very polarizing i'm wondering if you could tell us um what's missing as as you see it when you kind of look out the 30,000 foot view perhaps What's missing from so many of the conversations regarding race or ethnicity? Um, and then what is your book? Um, how, how is your book sort of making a contribution? Because there's so many books on, on the subject right now. Uh, what's mm-hmm. missing from so many conversations, number one? And, and what is your book bringing to the table? As I survey the landscape, particularly on social media, what I've noticed is missing is one, uh, a biblical emphasis. Um, So I I hear a lot of opinions. Um, I hear statistics thrown around. Um, I hear political points of view, Um, but I, I see very little scripture injected into the discussion on on all sides, um, and, um, and and it, it could be because <laughs> I, I keep my what I view. I keep it pretty uh, streamlined, uh, but that's something that I noticed. One of the things that prompted uh, the writing of the book, and I think I think another thing that is is missing is humility. Um, I, I think with with when it comes to um, hot button topics like this, the rhetoric can be so hostile um, and people can be so uh, entrenched in their views uh, that the Christian virtues of things like humility and and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, as mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4, oftentimes those things I see are are missing in the discussion. And so... um, so my 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 hope and desire was to create um, a work on this issue uh, that was first and foremost rooted in scripture um, and um, seeking to make sound biblical argumentation, uh, and then uh, seeking to adorn um, the that with uh, uh, with humility and, um, and fairness when it comes to uh, those who may. Uh, look at things differently, and and just just a, a, a Christian spirit of of, of charity. Um, my and, and I don't know that I achieved that, but that was the the desire. You mention what's replaced, or at least sort of eclipsed, biblical clarity or biblical reference is a lot of opinion, um, political viewpoints, et cetera, et cetera. Peel that back for us a little bit. Why? Why do you think that is? And it could be as varied as the number of people who are engaged in, in the conversation, so to speak. I don't, I don't see it so much as a conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> even to call it a conversation seems weird. It's people just sort of 
you know, on soapboxes kind of, uh, I mean, I'm sure some people are having a conversation, but it's not happening on social media. I, um, I don't think, um, right. what is, but in, in general, why have those things replaced our, uh, um, yeah, our reference point of the scriptures and it, it could be a theological answer. It could be a cultural answer. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's cultural and sociological. I, I think it really has a lot to do with social media, uh, which okay. has become, uh, it's become the primary means of social discourse in our culture. And, and that is, <laughs> that in itself is problematic <laughs> for a number of reasons, simply, simply because of uh, the, the limitations that, that social media has. Uh, so it's good for certain things and it's not good for others. So, so it's good in terms of, uh, you know, getting on a soapbox and kind of shouting something out, a quick message to get out and, and go viral or, you know, disseminating information or, or pointing people towards, uh, towards something. But, uh, but it's really bad when it comes to nuance, <laughs> um, when it comes to detailed, uh, in-depth <laughs> intercourse <laughs> of conversation. Like that's just not, that's not what it was, what it was, uh, made for. Um, and so, and so I, I think this has contributed to the problem, um, and, and it's, it's it really it's really the, the, this clash of kind of social media and politics, uh, where you basically have these um, clear sides, this clear polarization, and um, and in a, in a in a medium where everything is processed so quickly and briefly, what you need is. You need you need terminology that can quickly identify what side you're on, right? And so we have these <laughs> right. buzzwords, and and so you know, as as soon as someone uses one of the buzzwords, what you know, our what our natural tendency is to do is to say, okay, I can identify this person as a friend or a foe. <laughs> you use certain words that makes you a friend. You use other words that makes you a foe, and that you know, I can um, I can categorize you, uh, but when we when we look at the scripture and, and, you know, and when we look at what we're called to by God as the people of God, uh, it's, it's a lot more <laughs> nuanced than that. Um, and, and the truth is often more kind of messy than the kind of clear um, polarizing categories we, we want to uh, get to it. Yeah. I, I was looking through some of the discussion on Facebook um, and I don't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook, but I was looking up stuff about your book and, um, saw one of your posts and the comments just seemed, there were people who, <laughs> there was a lot of assumptions being made um, because of the subject matter and I guess a perception of what your view is or isn't or or something like that. And what I find really, in a way, encouraging, but also interesting is I saw you taking it from both sides. <laughs> There were <laughs> there were people who were really angry because your book is obviously woke, you know, or uh, uh, you know, whatever the buzzword. You know, I'm trying to use the buzzwords. Um, you know, right, it's, right. it's it's clearly you know liberal Marxist whatever. And then I saw people that were um, you know ve- you know very uh, uh, upset uh, you know from the other side you know about uh-huh. what your book was or wasn't doing. Um, I, what I want to know is, uh, and you don't have to go into detail, but um, relationally in your church, outside your church, in your network, I mean, you you have a platform, you have access. Um, I know you're a local church pastor and, and faithful in that. Um, 
but beyond that, you have reach as well. Are there actual conversations? Should we be? Are there conversations happening? Are you in conversations? Um, I'm not asking for names or details, but is is there something happening off of social media that would actually perhaps produce some some fruit in this regard? For sure, um, I've I've certainly seen it in in my local context, uh, and and I really believe that it's you know any progress that we want to make in this realm is is going to have to. It's going to have to be local. Uh, certainly, begin on the on the local level. Um, you know where people are actually in each other's lives, in each other's homes. Um, you know the, the the proper context for for this discussion is is a relational context, and and I, I've certainly seen um, there's been many conversations that that I've been personally involved with on on this issue um, with. Uh, brothers and sisters from kind of both sides of of the divide, um, and and those things have been fruitful. Uh, but I'll also say that um, sadly, there's, there's also been uh, some relational breakdown. So so some, um, I, I think, an increasing number of believers are looking at issues like this as a uh, um, as a litmus test and whether or not to, to be actually be in fellowship with, with other believers, uh, which, uh, which makes me sad. And I've certainly experienced uh, some of the, the pain of that personally as well. So um, yeah, it's been kind of across the board. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I wonder sometimes like what's really going on underneath the surface and, you know, don't, you know, don't want to throw out blanket accusations or anything, but there's something discomforting about, the conversation, particularly if you're a white person, where I, I think a, a lot of our white brothers and sisters, they perceive, I don't think necessarily correctly, um, I, I think there's a conflation about this conversation that's taking place out in the world and what's this conversation that's taking place in the church. And uh, obviously there is overlap at times. And that's what they're concerned about, a sense of I'm being accused of of racism just by existing. Um, and so there's a, there's just a impulse of anger about that's happening somewhere. And I feel like it could be happening here, but really what it is, is the conversation is just uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and the conversation might step on my toes or cause me to rethink some things that I had been assuming. And, and we just don't like that. We love when our preachers and when our favorite authors step on the other guy's toes we don't we don't like it when they when 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 our toes are stepped on. I wonder if you could um you know we we talked a little bit about this offline but um the the you know big concern right now is critical theory or critical race theory and I I've, I've seen that some of in those facebook comments people were asking you uh do you know about your approach to it in this book. I know the book doesn't really um you know go there per se but I wonder if you just give some thoughts mm-hmm. on that response or kind of why you're not tackling that particular beast of uh, critical race theory? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are two related issues that that can easily be conflated. So you have the issue of, of justice, um, social justice, um, you know, racial or ethnic injustice, and, um, and, and how, do, how do Christians think about that? And then you have the issue of of unity, unity between believers, and 
um, and how we interact with each other in spite of whatever our views are of, of justice. Um, and my book, the new, the new Reformation is, it's first and foremost, primarily about unity. Uh, even though I tie in issues related to, um, uh, to ethnic injustice. And, um, and, and one of the things that you'll see as, as I lay things out in, in the book is that when I mention some of the different cases and things that have come up over the years, I'm not even giving a commentary on the, the particulars of the incidents. I'm more from a uh, hist- kind of historian's point of view, just saying this is what happened and this is how uh, different people responded um, as, as, a, as a way of trying to point the way forward and how we can, how, how we can better pursue unity. Um, so as far as the, the CRT question is concerned, I was intentional in not having that be something that I focused on primarily because I did not want my book to be anchored in 2021 and the debates of 2021, uh, which, you know, I, I wanted to have staying power. I wanted it to be something that 10, 15, 20 years from now can be a benefit to the church. And uh, for anyone who's been around for, you know, uh, uh, any amount of, uh, you know, a number of years, uh, we know that there are things that were hot button topics five years ago that nobody is talking about today. Yeah. Um, so I know that I know that CRT is all the rage now, um, but but the the particular issues re- regarding unity and believers of different ethnicities those, those 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 things predate CRT, and those things will be around long after CRT is is, uh, is forgotten. So I didn't want to anchor my book in uh, in in the in the present moment. In that sense, but the final thing that I'll say is that uh, I'm not a proponent of of critical race theory as I know it. Um, it's, it's funny how so many people have uh, like become experts in this uh, academic discipline uh, over the last couple of years. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's, that's that's interesting to me. Um, but uh, so I don't claim to be an expert in it. Um, but uh, from what I've read and from what I understand of and understand about it. I do believe it to be an an unbiblical framework. Um, I do think that uh, uh, the quest, some some of the questions that it's trying to answer concerning uh, ethnic injustice, I think those are important questions that that Christians need to, to grapple with. Um, and I also think that uh, those, those um, that, that unbiblical frameworks tend to um, uh, slide in a vacuum or a gap. Um, because something is missing in terms of how uh, how the church has uh, has handled these things, and and I believe that to be historically the case. And um, but yeah, so those are some of my points. Uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm I'm with you there. Shai, would you say that um, the the subject of ethnic unity or racial uh, reconciliation or whatever you want to call it. Um, I say ethnic unity. That's what you use in, in, in your book here. Um, would you say that's a quote unquote gospel issue? Like if we get this wrong, we are somehow compromised or missing or truncating our understanding of the gospel. It's absolutely a gospel issue. Um, 
uh, I believe ethnic unity and ethnic diversity are, are both issues. Um, and, and and I really get that from from the book of Galatians. So you, you see it in uh, Galatians 2, the, the situation with, with Peter and uh, and Paul, uh, where, where Peter was uh, was eating with the Gentiles, and then the Judaizers come along, and uh, and he separates from them, and and the apostle Paul calls him out there um, and says that uh, Peter separating from from the Gentiles in that instance was uh, that was an example of him not walking in step with the gospel, um, and the gospel says that uh, that Jesus died to. Um, to save and and to unite um, believers from from every ethnic group, and so for uh, for either to uh, to separate um, on primarily the, the issue of, of ethnicity was uh, was a slap in the face to uh, to the gospel, and so uh, so yes, ethnic unity is a gospel issue, and um, and ethnic diversity is is a gospel issue as well. Um, so uh, also in in Galatians. Uh, there's in in chapter three the apostle Paul uh, references Abraham, um, and it's, 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 this is one of those passages that I had seen it before. Um, but you know, how you you read a passage and you you read it many times, but it kind of steps out, stands out to you, and you read it again. It's like, wait a second, I don't, I don't wait. I know I've read this before, <laughs> but why is this standing out like this? Yeah. And and it, it's um. It's, it's Galatians uh, chapter three verse eight, uh, where it says that the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, "In you shall all the nations be blessed." And that phrase that God preached the gospel to Abraham uh, just really just jumped out at me in in a in a fresh way. And and when you go back to the Genesis, and you see what what God says there. Uh, that's that's God's calling of Abraham and, and proclaiming to him. And what we understand is that it's ultimately fulfilled in Christ. That all the nations, and that that word behind nations is ethnos, the, the root from where we get our word ethnicity. So all ethnicities blessed through um, through through the, the coming seed of of Abraham and. Uh, so in in the mind of God, that message of diversity, unity in diversity, is uh, is what God refers to as preaching the gospel, uh, and so it's absolutely um, essential. I I remember being struck by the uh, last chapter of Romans, where um, Paul basically. Uh, he, he, everything that's built up, right? So all all of Romans, this masterpiece of covenantal history, and uh, you know the glories of the gospel and the intricacies of the gospel, um, mm-hmm. even all the you know the theological simplicity of the Romans road salvation to the theological complexity of predestination and Jacob have I love mm-hmm. Esau have I hate it, like all that stuff is in there, and then he builds it all up. It's like all of this is so that you might be a witness to the Gentiles, so that you might. <laughs> like all of this exists, mm. that all this freight is meant to uh, propel you on mission uh, to the nations. That to mm. me, like when that sort of uh, clicked, it was like this is this is actually a just this is a huge apologetic for um, yeah the diversity in 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 mission and so on. 
Uh, the point you made about Galatians 2, um, just a funny story. A couple of years ago, I made a very similar point on on Twitter, which is probably my first mistake to, to do it, that <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that Paul's confrontation of Peter had to do with, you know, uh, the issue of, of uh, you know, racism, at least partly. But it, yeah, it was about, mm-hmm. about uh, it was, you know, it was a justice issue. And I had people like, I mean, they were just jumping down my throat. I, you know, it went into the, the junk drawer of whatever that made me, Mark's, you know, all these sorts of things. And then I pointed out that John MacArthur said the exact same thing in, a, a, in an old sermon of his. And it was like, whoo, you could hear crickets. It got so quiet. <laughs> so if anything, what I hope your book does um, is uh, kind of reframe our conversation around, uh, first of all, the, the grace of God and the gospel, that we would actually open up our ears to hear each other and not, as you, you know, referenced, um, you know, hear a buzzword or hear some sort of trigger word and immediately lump people into category. Oh, I know where you're coming from. I know what you are, mm-hmm. but actually um, help us hear each other. And as, as you also mentioned in the beginning, that we would reroute our understanding of these, these, uh, you know, of these things in the scriptures, the word justice is in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It is, it is bound up with the righteousness of God is so often paired with his justice and, um, so that's there. It doesn't it doesn't have to be like you can take it in a in a you know uh, unscriptural way, but you don't have to. So um, I really hope that your book uh, will do that for us. I'm grateful for it, uh, brother. Thanks so much for coming on the For the Church podcast. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. The new book is called The New Reformation: Finding Hope in the Fight for Ethnic Unity. It's from Moody Publishers. You can find it wherever good books are sold. Thank you, dear listener, for taking your time to uh, spend with us. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.